In today's Locked On Canadians, what is the short-term future of goaltending for this team? Plus, Riley, Riley Kidney has signed his entry-level contract. Emma Einemann is finally skating. And we have one of our player reviews. And all of that's coming up in today's Locked On Canadians. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to episode 609 of your first listen of the day. We are free and available five days a week wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Please subscribe, please share, please tell your friends. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined as always by Scott Matla of Habs Eyes on the Prize. Scott, how are you doing on what in Montreal is a beautiful, beautiful evening? It, it, it's very weird is I didn't expect there to be like actual news today or like anything. It feels like the middle of the week is where it kind of lulls and then we get a weekend news dump. Like we, we sandwich the week basically in that there's, you know, the two pieces of bread and then in the middle, it's just nothing because the Canadians are in their off season. Uh, but we got a little bit. So it's actually keeping me on my toes just a bit more than I was anticipating going into uh well st- uh, Cinco de Mayo, Kentucky Derby weekend, Mother's Day weekend, where I'm busy outside of the realm of hockey. And for that, I'm actually a little bit grateful. It makes it so it's not a boring off season. We're not just sitting on our hands right now. Absolutely. And there's always stuff to talk about. I mean, even when there isn't news, we, we do have uh, a bunch of stuff planned, like, for example, draft previews, pl- prospect reviews, uh, player reviews for the regular season. Um, and some interesting stuff has come up as we do that. A couple of programming notes. Scott is off next week, so I have a whole host of co- guest co-hosts that I've lined up that I'm really excited to talk to. But on tomorrow's mailbag episode, we have Mike O'Brien, also known as Habs Laughs. So please send us your mailbag questions to Lockdown canadians at gmail.com or you can tweet them to us at lo underscore canadians uh, as always i will tweet out the call for mailback questions on thursday morning uh, so you can you can ask us your mailback questions in the meantime let's talk about the two pieces of news before we go on to talk to what kent hughes said about goaltending uh scott emma heineman has been seen skating it is no contact but it's a very positive sign considering it came across the ocean with what we assume is a concussion. Yeah, and it's not... Upper body injury. Upper body injury. And it's not just that he's skating. He's skating with the team at practice. He's with the Rocket, which is a a step forward. He was working with the skills coach, Adam Nicholas, in previous things, just working one-on-one things and reviewing what he's doing. So they were able to keep him at least, you know, as game-ready as one can get without uh, putting on a uniform. And he's in the contact jersey. And now it's, uh, it seems like he's, I don't want to say he's close, but he's one step closer to being ready to play. And before people freak out, the Rocket had practice today before they head to Syracuse tomorrow. Matthias Norlander was not in the top six rotation for a defenseman. But if you are Jean-Francois Houle, you are looking at this right now and going, I know what I'm getting out of these six here. They are the ones who got us to the playoffs. I'm not going to change something right now. That doesn't mean he's not going to play because injuries happen, bad performances happen, this and that. He's got to go with what he knows and what got them there. And right now, Norlinder is getting back into the swing of things here. 
you go with what you know. So before that panic starts, everyone take a deep breath. It's okay, I promise. Uh, and real quick, obviously, the Laval start their series against the Syracuse Crunch on Friday evening. Uh, it is not on RDS, but it's on AHL TV. Uh, and it is also being broadcast on the radio. The home games are on RDS, which is uh, which. If you're in Montreal, you can watch those. We'll obviously be following that run. Uh, in the meantime, the Canadians have also signed a an eight year old to, to uh, a a, a, th- a three year entry level contract. Uh, Riley Kidney has signed his entry level contract, and uh, I know he's not eight years old, but he certainly looks it. Yeah, uh, Laura sent me a photo and went, the Canadian signed a teenager. And I went, yeah. And uh, and then she sends me the photo and I go, oh, like a teenager, teenager. He's <laughs> a literal child uh, looking in this. And the thing is, we talked a lot about Joshua Wah in the Canadians organization. And uh, we really should, you know, put some respect on the name of Riley Kidney, who finished the season with 100 points for the uh, Acadie Bathurst Teton. 100 points in 66 games, uh, seventh in the QMJHL. Obviously, Joshua Wah was number one with 119 points. And in 12th place was Xavier Simino with 86 points in 48 games because that's insane. The 2021 draft is shaping up really well for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, obviously, Joshua Wah is very good. Xavier Simino has been good. Riley Kidney has been very good. There's a lot of talent in those later rounds that the Canadian scouting staff identified. And it would be remiss of me to not compliment them on finding what they did. And it's not often you have two guys at the top of this, neither of whom were drafted in the first round. One was a second round pick. One was a fifth round pick. It's impressive work. And I think both guys are going to get a real nice long look in the preseason next year. Uh, I think Wah, just with his shooting town alone, might have the inner edge to getting uh, to the NHL next year, I think Riley Kidney will go back to the queue for one more year at this point, which isn't the end of the world. But Kid piled up 70 assists in 66 games. If he just counted assists, he was over a point per game. Uh, I do have some concerns. He's 100 points and is only plus 13. And I don't know if that's just because <laughs> the T-Tone are not great defensively or something. But I look at that and that kind of makes me go, okay. Is he producing purely on the power play or is the team just kind of struggling? And I'm looking at the plus minus across the board here. The top on the team was plus 25. So it might just be a defensively. The team's not very good. I mean, it is the Q, right? Yeah. (laughs) Goals go in like, you know, burgers into my face on a regular day. It's the Q everything. Just throw it out the window at that point. So I'm very excited. I wasn't super pumped on the pick at first. There were other names on the board that I had looked at that I was more intrigued about. And, you know, he's done a lot to sway me on that. We're going to talk with uh, Matt Drake, who's been watching the queue heavily, especially for uh, Wah as it is. And I'm very excited to see what he does with that next step. And Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon are getting those young guys locked up before too long. And I think that's, it's, part of the process it's not going to be like yeah wow they did this amazing thing but it's nice to see um good good play being rewarded uh, with entry-level contracts and the like i think yeah they're getting a lot of like administrative work done and as you know you know we talk about the habs five days a week and and scott is kind of the ahl person and i'm kind of just the 
just a random person who, who watches a lot of Habs games. Uh, we're not Q experts, but we do know a bunch. So, and some people with uh, with scouting backgrounds and stuff like that. So, I know Rick B, uh, a frequent listener and commenter, uh, was talking about Joshua Ra. We are gonna have like full on episode on Joshua Ra. He it, he deserves it. He merits it, and that's coming up. It's just one of our off season things. In the meantime, we're gonna talk a little bit about what Kent Hughes says about goaltending and why everybody's up in arms over it. Um, and that is coming up in literally just one moment. But first, I want to tell you about something that I use because I need it. I have a very busy life and I'm trying to keep track of my health. I'm trying to keep get my nutrients. And I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to take control of my health in my out of control life. It supports better sleep quality and it supports recovery, especially since I started working out again. It supports mental clarity. You know, I've got two jobs and alertness and I need that. I need that. It's the one thing with all the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, and aging. It supports all of the things that I will be lying if I said that I'm not vain and that I do need that support for aging. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health just like I'm doing and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health, just like I'm doing, and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Scott, let's talk about some things that are going on. As we know, the Canadians ended the season with a giant question mark over Carey Price's health. This one is not going to be a quick resolution. It's going to take place over the course of a couple of months. I think that even if he gets negative news, he's going to fight and push until it's really a situation where he cannot play. So the Canadians right now can't do all that much because they're waiting on that. I think it says a lot about the respect that they have for Carey Price in that they will allow him the time that he needs. Also, just his stature in, in goaltending as a whole. Uh, I do think, though, that as Kent Hughes said, that there is a big question mark and there's nobody right now in the system that they feel is going to replace Carey Price. So people t- saw that and they went crazy. So uh, I, I caught bits and pieces of this as I was running around and decided to not engage with it because I value my sanity right now. And he said that there, if I, I think I might have the quote a little bit off here because I'm translating it was, there's no one in the organization right now that is an everyday starter right now. And I look at that and I go, That's very much true. I appreciate a lot of what Jake Allen has done. I think he is a very good goalie. I do not think he's an everyday goalie anymore. Caden Primo has not proven that he is an even a regular NHL like rotation option at this current point. And outside of that, they do not have anyone else at the professional level. I'm counting Samuel Montembeau as a free agent at this point. 
And uh, Frederick Show is still in Europe. Joe Verbatic is in the OHL playoffs. And Jakob Dobish still has more time in college. It's all far from proven things. And as alarmist as people are going to be about this, I don't think he's wrong. Carey Price, I don't think, is an everyday starter at this point in his life. I think he is your regular starter and that he will play the majority of the games. Like, it might be three on one off where it used to be like, five or six and then one off. And I think that changes things. I don't think Kent Hughes is wrong. Having a blunt, honest opinion about the Canadians goaltending situation makes it very important for, you know, brings it to the forefront. It's like, we need to address this. They're not going to hope it gets better automatically here. And I look at Carey Price and I go, if they get bad news or unclear news, I can see the Canadians trading for a goalie. We heard uh, not Ilya Sorokin. Um, Ilya Samsonov from the Washington Capitals was an option they were looking at. I wouldn't be shocked to see them be aggressive in free agency, looking for a 1B to split with Jake Allen if Carey Price is not going to be good to go. And the honesty is a good thing here. It's scary, but I'd rather be told the truth than, ah, no, he'll be okay. He just needs a little time. A little recovery. It's it's okay. It's fine. He's having surgery. He's dead. He's been reincarnated. Oh, he died again. Everything's on fire. The world is and uh, it's okay. Carrie Price returns from IR. Like <laughs> it's I'd rather be have the honesty up front with that. I agree with that. I was gonna just pause it, not pause it, uh, propose something. All right. So we have had a lot of question marks about Caden Primo. Up until he got to the NHL level, he had been really good in like the college ranks. And prior to that, he had like won so many things. And then he got to the AHL and he's been pretty good in the AHL. Right now, there's a little bit of a, a confidence problem, I think. Um, but, you know, thankfully, the, the Rocket do have another serviceable goaltender who's been really, uh, really, really positive for them. What if... You know, we talked about this and, you know, our good friend Paul Barnshow, who was a goalie himself, said that he needs to play more to become better, right? Caden Primo. So there's like two different schools of thoughts because we have another frequent listener who isn't super sold on Caden Primo. Um, And so for me, I think here's what you do. If you know that Carey Price can't go, right? You've got Connor Bedard in the finish line, right? You put Caden Primo in the NHL and you make him figure it out. He plays lots of games. He loses a bunch, but then his tracking gets better. His instincts get better. His his expectations get better. His reads get better. Why not do that? Just This is just like me like trying to like throw an argument in there. I'm not saying that's what the Canadians should do. I'm saying, what if they do that? Argue with me now. I, I look at that and I go, yeah, like that, that seems like a good way forward. But at the same time, I'm like, this is someone they've invested good money in as a goaltending prospect. And I have behind me from sport track. I have uh, the free agent, like unrestricted free agent goalie market. And Marc-Andre Fleury is on there. Miko Koskinen, Darcy Kemper, Thomas Grice, Yaroslav Halak, Jornis Corposalo, uh, Corey Schneider, Braden Holtby, Martin Jones, Jack Campbell, David Riddich, Casey DeSmith, Phoenix Copley, and then it it's just eight feet of crap, to be quite honest. And I'm not totally not sold that if Carey Price isn't ready to go, that they don't look at a guy like a David Riddich, a Braden Holtby, who would probably be relatively affordable considering he hasn't had 
uh, great years. He was injured in Dallas. Uh, someone like Eunice Corposalo, who hasn't had a great year in Columbus either. And they won A and one B it with Jake Allen. And they go, Caden Primo, you are staying in the AHL unless all of our goalies explode again. And you're going to play. They're all playing 72 games next year. So they're like, you're going to play 45 games next year for the Rocket. Maybe 40, depending on the season. Show us that you can earn this spot. And if he can't do it, at that point, you just kind of go, okay, is his ceiling an AHL goalie? And you go from there. And then after that, if, you know, if Carey Price isn't back, then I go, you you have to put him in the NHL. If it doesn't work, you put him on waivers. And if you lose him, you go, well, that sucks. And you just move on with things. But I, I look at this market here and it's ripe with that 1B option that I think this team would need if Carey Price is not going to be ready for next season. And I don't think many of them are going to be overly expensive. Miko Koskinen is not going to be a $4.5 million goalie. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is not going to be a $7 million goalie. At least I wouldn't think so anymore. There are options for it, and it gives Caden Primo the time to develop because here's the thing is he either figures it out or that next wave of goaltending prospects, and I assume they will take one in this upcoming draft as well, is going to be ready sooner rather than later. And guess what? It's you crap or you become a starting goalie. There's no in-between here at this point. You know, the rebuild moves on whether you're ready or not if you're Caden Primo. Got it. I understand. I feel like it's going to be really interesting to see what they end up doing. I'm um, not against your idea for what it's worth. It just scares <laughs> me because like, I'm like, oh no, I want, you know, the goalies to actually develop. They haven't developed a goalie since... Carey Price. Carey Price, yeah, which was... 2007, 2008. And they can't even claim credit for developing Carey Price because he spent like three seconds in the AHL, won a cup and was like, I'm the best goddamn goalie in the league and went to the NHL. So like, I can, they can't even claim goalie development on that one. So they got to do it <laughs> sooner or later. Everyone else can. Why can't you? That's just another thing that Carey Price does. He does it all, and he also develops himself. Um, and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And as you know, we will be extremely sad if Carey Price can't go. You know, it's 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 we're not going to think about that. It's just because it was brought up, and then people were freaking out about it. And and honestly, like you've got a lot of options. You can remember that. Uh, Connor Bedard is at the end of the finish line as well next year. I'm just going to throw that out there. But in the meantime, we are going to finish with our player review. Uh, today, we're just doing one segment of it, obviously, because there was stuff to talk about. Um, and don't forget that tomorrow is our mailbag episode with Mike O'Brien. We're going to start the episode by talking about uh, power play and penalty kill. And then we're going to move on to mailbag questions. So you can email us at lockdowncanadians at gmail.com or tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. And we'll be back in one moment with our player review for Chris Weidman. But first, let me tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. And if you're watching the NHL playoffs, you know that there are some compelling storylines here. So check out BetOnline.net. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, Scott, here's a question. 
Chris Weidman in Montreal. Was it better than expected or worse than expected? I I feel like it's exactly... I am not overwhelmed. <laughs> I am not underwhelmed. I am well. cromulently whelmed by Chris <laughs> Weidman in that... 27 points in 64 games as a primarily sixth defenseman with somewhat decent shot metrics in a very sheltered role. We've talked with Andrew Berkshire about this. He is a heavily sheltered player, which is good. The coaching staff understands his limitations. I He was fine for under a million dollars brought in to be maybe a power play quarterback, and he was Fine, not great, but he was better than the other options we had at the time. He was not Ben Sherratt on the power play. So it it's it, it almost feels kind of like a cop-out to be like, he was fine. But at the same time, I look at that and I go, it's what he was brought in for. He was cheap. He was brought in to help kind of drive offense on those lower pairings and on the power play. Four goals, 23 assists, and 64 games on a bad Canadians team. For a sixth defenseman, that's not awful. And I'm not opposed to keeping him as like a rotational option next year, depending on what they do with the defense. If they're drafting on defense or if they're going to add in free agency, I'm not opposed to that. Or he did he play well enough that a team that needs that cheap depth as well, more than the Canadians do, looks at that and goes, if he can do that on the Habs, what can he do with an actual like power player functioning offense? And if that's what the case, you know, you let him go. He's 30 years old, but it was it was about as expected a season as I could have gotten out of any player on this team, I'm pretty sure. I would absolutely agree with that. I think the thing that people kind of forget when they talk about Chris, Ma- Chris Weidman is how cheap he is and how short his contract was, right? It was definitely one of those things where he had to prove that he still belongs in the NHL after things went, um, you know, I'm going to say down the drain in Ottawa. I, d- I don't want Sens fans in our comments. Uh, but, you know, he was kind of he was kind of the scapegoat for something that happened. And he ended up trying to rebuild his career in the KHL. He got an opportunity to come back to the NHL. And I think that he just showed what he he's able to do, which is, like you said, on a team that's the right fit. Now, the team really likes him. I don't know if he's just that good of a guy in the, in the locker room or whatever, but they all say good things about him and, you know, to a man and particularly the young guys like Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, uh, they tend to, you know, they tend to kind of look to him as, as, as a, as a sort of a veteran. He's 30 years old. Right. Uh, and, uh, and so he's a good fit for cheap, but I do think that, he showed exactly what he is and the Montreal Canadiens right now have to work really hard on developing defensemen to be part of their defensive core. And I think that if you look at it that way and, you know, he's going to be the odd man out, that's, you know, and we don't know what's going to happen with Jeff Petrie. A lot of people are saying, well, he's got a big contract. They should trade it if they can, but that's not necessarily a given because they're only going to trade it if there's a good return. So that might not be the case, right? Especially since things are are better between him and the team right now. So for me, Chris Weidman is just somebody that they're probably not going to re-sign. But I think that he did exactly what he was brought in to do. And it's just, it's not necessarily his fault as well that the power play in general kind of sucked. And I look at it this way, is that in the AHL, Justin Barron is going to be coming up for a spot here full-time next year. 
Corey Schooneman is likely to get re-signed. They really like him, and I think he's going to try and crack this lineup. Caden Gooley is coming out of the WHL. Jordan Harris will be a full-time player. Matthias Norlinder will be here. There's a lot of spots, or there's a lot of guys for not a lot of spots here. Even if they do trade some pieces here, not every single one of these players is going to play. And at the same time, you need that cheap death behind there. And like William Lagason, I don't think is going to get resigned. If they do, cool. I'd actually like to see what William Lagason has as a player. He didn't really play a ton in Edmonton. And the Canadians have a very fun way of, you know, taking underappreciated defensemen out of Alberta and turning them into something. Look at Brett Kulak. And Jeff Petrie. And Jeff Petrie. It's very difficult to envision Weidman being a regular next year, but at the same time, I could see him being someone that, like, you're on the third pair. We're going to be sheltering you and Caden Gooley and you and Justin Barron and you in this and seeing what we have out of this and then moving those younger guys up and cycling people through on there. And then maybe he's a trade asset, maybe something like that. There's value in what Chris Weidman brought this year. He was not a superstar. And I don't feel bad saying that he was in the top 10 for team scoring on a bad team, but at the same time, he could be a dime a dozen player in this league. And that doesn't mean they should resign. It's a very interesting proposition for Kent Hughes, because if you trade Jeff Petrie and you let Chris Weidman walk, your top power play option becomes with NHL experience, Alexander Romanov right now. And (laughs) as we've talked about a lot, his decision-making leaves a lot to be desired right now. You don't want to just throw your young guys out there. You don't want to throw Norlinder and uh, uh, Baron out there and go, Hey, make the power play work now and overload them when they're trying to get their regular, their feet wet at five on five. It's, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him back. He'd probably get a very similar contract and would very likely fetch something at the trade deadline. But if they let him walk, I just kind of go, yeah, that's what players of that caliber do. They come and they go in and out like a revolving door sometimes. Absolutely. And if you believe in the in the in the conventional wisdom that it takes defensemen longer time to develop, I think the Canadians are in a unique position right now where they can develop their developing players in the NHL. Like they don't have to do that in the AHL or whatever. Like you said, there's a lot of guys for not a lot of spots, but this is something that's really cool and interesting to follow, right? Um, you know, thanks thanks, Chris Weidman for the memories if he doesn't come back. Uh, and if he does, well, you know, I don't think it's going to be for a very long time. In the meantime, do not forget that tomorrow's our Friday mailbag episode. You can email us, email us your questions at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. You can also tweet them at LO underscore Canadians. Please follow my co-host Scott Matla at Scott Matla on Twitter. You can find me at the Active Stick. And when you're done listening to this, check out Locked On NHL. They are all over everything that's going on in the playoffs right now, including power rankings, predictions, reviews, talking about how bad the officiating is, everything. Locked On NHL is your go-to source after you're done listening to us. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.